You know you're jonesing for some tofu. Well, go put that tofurky in the oven, because it's time for the Thanksgiving edition of Vegan Radio! Vegan Radio! Hello, listeners. Welcome to another edition of Vegan Radio. I'm Megan Shackelford. And this is Derek Goodwin. Today we have a very special alternative Thanksgiving show for you. This past Saturday, we traveled to Farm Sanctuary in Watkins Glen, New York, for an event known as the Celebration for the Turkeys. Farm Sanctuary is a non-profit organization that rescues farm animals and lets them live out their lives in peace at their New York and California shelters. They also do lots more for the animals, as you will find out later in our show. We attended a vegan potluck in Watkins Glen with over 300 other people and lots of yummy vegan food. After that, we went to the farm and interviewed workers at the sanctuary and guests who came from all over the eastern United States and Canada to attend the event. Best of all, we got to feed the turkeys from silver platters filled with cranberries, squash, pumpkin seeds, and apples, which they found to be delicious. We have an interview with a turkey named Wiley who lets us know what it really means to be thankful. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great show. You're listening to Vegan Radio on WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM. And on the web at veganradio.com. Vegan Radio! Hi, this is the Naked News on Vegan Radio, and I'm Derek Goodwin. I'm Megan Shackelford. And we're naked. <laughs> oh my god, you guys are naked. <laughs> we're naked, you're naked, we're all naked. Come on, join us. <laughs> Our national news. The first event is Buy Nothing Day. The average North American consumes five times more than a Mexican, ten times more than a Chinese person and 30 times more than a person from India. We are the most voracious consumers in the world. A world that could die because of the way we North Americans live. Give it a rest. November 25th is Buy Nothing Day. For 24 hours, millions of people around the world do not participate in the doomsday economy, the marketing mind games, and the frantic consumer binge that becomes our culture. We pause. We make a small choice not to shop. It's the busiest shopping day of the year, too. So. Yep. We shrink our footprint and gain some calm. Together we say, enough is enough, and we help build this movement to rethink our unsustainable course. To find out more about Buy Nothing Day, check out adbusters.org. Next we have Guinness Criticized by Vegan Group. The UK Vegan Society's 2005 Annual Awards Ceremony recently commended a number of people and companies that assisted in promoting vegan lifestyles. This year, the Vegan Society has given Guinness its inaugural Vegan Raspberry Award for using products and ingredients that do not comply with its vegan standards over those that do. Guinness what is kind of, what kind of stuffs in beer that's not vegan? It's you know it's very strange, but um, Guinness's production techniques. They make use of isinglass. It's a type of gelatin made from the bladders of fish. The bladders of fish? Yes, to remove the yeast from the stout. (laughs) What's up with that? So, y'all, when you're drinking that Guinness, just uh, remember the isinglass. Remember that you're drinking some animal products there that are not too tasty. Vegan Radio. Crunchy on the outside, creamy on the inside. And 100% gristle-free. What else we got? Oh, my God. What else we got in the news, baby? Derek. No, there's no baby. No baby? No. How about little mice? Do we got little mice? 
Yep, there's actually something very funny in the news. Um, researchers are adding mice to the list of creatures that sing in the presence of mates. <laughs> Scientists have known for decades that female lab mice or their pheromones cause male lab mice to make ultrasonic vocalizations. But a new paper from researchers at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis establishes for the first time that the utterances of the male mice are actually song. This finding, to be published November 1st, online by the Journal Public Library of Science Biology, adds mice to the roster of creatures that croon in the presence of the opposite sex, including songbirds, whales, and some insects. And what about humans? Oh, baby, put your mouse paw on my shoulder. <laughs> Hopefully we won't, we won't have to hear that song again. Scientists have not previously recognized mice vocalizations as song because they are unusually difficult to record and analyze. Only with the advent of improved technology for recording and analyzing the sounds and more powerful computers did it become possible to finally subject the vocalizations to careful analysis. What if they have little headsets like we do. Oh, oh baby, put, put your, your little, little mice paws on my shoulder. That song, listeners, is going to be <laughs> edited from the show. Vegan Radio, because the animals are listening to We also have some sad news in the vegan community. Um, Donald Watson, the man who coined the term vegan, has passed away at 95 years of age. Wow. He was born in 1910 in Mexboro, South Yorkshire, where he used to spend time on his Uncle George's farm. One day, one of the pigs was slaughtered, and since then, Watson never forgot its screams. From that day, he became a vegetarian and remained so for the rest of his life. However, he went further by forming an organization which he and his wife Dorothy coined the Vegan Society for those seeking a lifestyle totally free from animal products for the benefit of people, animals, and the environment. The word vegan is made up from the beginning and end of the word vegetarian. According to the Vegan Society's website, the derivation of the word symbolizes that veganism is at the root of vegetarianism and the logical conclusion of the vegetarian journey in pursuit of good health without the suffering or death of any animal. Donald precluded dairy products from his diet because of the way he felt dairy cows were exploited. He abhorred the way calves were removed from their mothers after a few days, and the way the cow was unnaturally fed and bred to produce more milk than she otherwise would. Watson also edited a quarterly magazine called The Vegan News. In its first edition in 1944, he wrote, The unquestionable cruelty associated with the production of dairy produce has made it clear that lacto-vegetarianism is but a halfway house between flesh-eating and a truly humane, civilized diet. And we think, therefore, that during our life on Earth, we should try to evolve sufficiently to make the full journey. Donald was once asked what he felt was his life's greatest achievement. Achieving what I set out to do, to feel that I was instrumental in starting a great new movement which could not only change the course of things for humanity and the rest of creation, but alter man's expectation of surviving for much longer on this planet, end quote. That's sad news. We're going to miss him. It is sad news, but living to he lived to 95 years of age and, and was in great health. Um, he was actually just featured in the Veg News magazine um, and ta- he you know talked about his whole life and talked about how he did not have any health problems at the age of 95 and he wow. was still doing projects and ready and rearing to go and, and that's, that's it, it for, for the, the naked, naked news. news national version local news next
Hi, this is Vegan Radio, and we're back with the local news. What do we got going on today, Megzi? We have a big victory. Massachusetts voters will probably have a second chance next fall to decide the future of greyhound racing in the Bay State. Backers of an initiative petition to ban greyhound racing told The Globe yesterday that they have collected more than enough signatures. Christine Dorchek, chairwoman of the ballot committee, said that as of yesterday, campaign workers had gathered nearly double the number of signatures necessary to put their measure on the November 2006 ballot. To get a question on the ballot, committees must obtain the signatures of at least 65,825 registered voters. Dorchek reports that more than 110,000 signatures have been collected. The initiative, backed by the Humane Society of the United States, the Massachusetts Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, MSPCA, the Greyhound Protection Group, Grey2K, and the Animal Rescue League of Boston, would phase out greyhound racing altogether by January 1st, 2008. That's great news. Yep, so hopefully... We've been bringing you this story here on uh, Vegan Radio for... Over two episodes now. <laughs> <laughs> we also have some fur-free Friday protests coming up. Many of the newspaper and magazine articles pushing fur say the same thing. Where are the protesters? They imply that compassion for this issue no longer exists because the protesters are, quote, gone. And so now it's okay to indulge oneself in luxurious fur. Forty dead animals, one fur coat. 40 dead animals, one fur coat. <laughs> so come on, let's show them where we are. There are two protests Thanksgiving weekend in Massachusetts. The fur is on your back. The blood is, is on, on your, your hands. hands. The fur is on your back. For our listeners in the valley, there's a protest in Holyoke. These are the dates and times. Saturday, November 26th, from noon to 2 p.m. at the Holyoke Mall outside the parking lot near Barnes & Noble, just before the entrance to the Holyoke Mall. Signs and literature are provided, but you could also make your own. The second protest is in Boston on Friday, November 25th from 1 to 3 p.m. It's taking place at Copley Place at the Back Bay. Taking right, place at Copley Place? Taking place at Copley Place, right outside Aubonne Pain. The location was chosen because Neiman Marcus, a Texas-based chain that has a huge fur salon at the Copley store, and J. Crew, which went back to their promise not to sell fur, are both located there. Check our show notes and message Filth boards mongers. for directions to either of these events at veganradio.com. Listeners, get out there and protest. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, um, so our last um, event to be announced in local news is on Sunday, December 11th at 5.30 p.m., there will be a vegan potluck at the Evolution Cafe in Florence. The event is actually open to anyone interested in vegetarianism, veganism, or animal rights activism. And the event sponsors are interested in forming a group that would meet regularly. For more info, check out our show notes at veganradio.com. And uh, for anyone that is interested, you don't have to be vegan or vegetarian. You just need to bring a vegan dish. And that's it, Derek, that's for local it. news. Oh, man. I know. Not, not, not too much going on. Well, we got some really good stuff coming up with the Farm Sanctuary interviews, and uh, we hope you all stick around. Oh, yeah. Stick around now, you hear? You're going to be excited. And the farmer sounded. Who let them hogs
Today's show is our Thanksgiving special. Derek and I traveled to um, the Farm Sanctuary in Watkins Glen, New York this past weekend. And it was a long drive, suffered many hours in the car together. <laughs> but it was good company. <laughs> but, but it was all worth it to see the animals and to eat an awesome vegan meal. What was, what was your experience Megan was like? desserts. <laughs> yes, I, I hoarded. I did hoard. potluck habit. Yeah, I, I did. I did probably get. in front get, of everyone in line and, and take all the desserts. <laughs> I didn't cut in front of everybody, but I did, I did gather three plates of vegan desserts. Luckily, they organized it this year so that. Uh, they, they kept were, bringing random desserts. They kept bringing food and yep, desserts so out no, no periodically. No dessert could. They couldn't, really you can, yeah, you can't, else. you can't really hoard everything because they're kind of like, they were saving the best for last. So they kind of surprised you. Our first interview is with Gene Boston. He's a co-founder of Farm Sanctuary, and he's just going to fill our listeners in in case you guys don't know what Farm Sanctuary is all about. Then after that, we have some other people that work with the sanctuary that are going to talk about their perspectives and their jobs. And we also have a lot of people that attended the vegan potluck. I interviewed three different vegan mothers. They talked all about their families, the health of their families, um, different struggles that they go through in their community. And we had some great interviews with people actually in the turkey barn when we were feeding the turkeys, and we got their different perspectives. We have an exciting, exclusive interview with Wiley the turkey. <laughs> was kind enough to uh, let us know his views on the whole event, a view from the inside. And we had our vegan radio turkey translator translate the turkey talk so our listeners can understand what the turkey was saying. <laughs> because uh, Did you uh, understand what Derek was just saying? <laughs> well, you know, only level nine and above vegans really know how to understand turkeys. So so most of our listeners out there, we know, we know you're still on you know, lower levels of veganism, but um, we wanted to make sure that you could understand what the turkey was saying. And, and our interviews are coming right up. Coming right up on Vegan, Vegan Radio. Radio. Vegan Radio on WXOJLP Northampton. 103.3 103.3 FM. And on the web at veganradio.com. Vegan Radio. Turn it up. Hi, this is Derek Goodwin with Vegan Radio. We're here at Farm Sanctuary speaking to one of the co-founders of Farm Sanctuary, Gene Bauston. Hello, great to be with you. It's great to have you here, Gene. Um, for our listeners who aren't uh, aware of your organization, maybe you could give us a brief little overview. Sure, sure. Farm Sanctuary was founded in 1986 to change how our society views and treats farm animals. We operate two shelters, one in Watkins Glen, New York, and one in Orland, California, where we bring in animals who are rescued from farming abuses. We have found living animals in trash cans or living animals on piles of dead animals. We work with humane societies, you know, on cruelty cases and so on. So the animals come and live out their lives here at the farm, and people are welcome to come visit, get to know some of these cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, and other animals. And we also have overnight cabins here in New York and in California. And so those are our facilities and our shelters. We also do educational work. We have we uh, do presentations in schools. 
we have humane education materials, we have videos, we have tons of literature that's free and available to people who want to educate others, and we advocate for changes. We're, we're working to pass laws that prevent some of these factory farming abuses. We were one of the groups that was involved in the Florida initiative that passed in 2002 to outlaw the use of gestation crates. These are two-foot-wide enclosures where breeding pigs live their whole lives. We also work on anti-veal legislation, anti-foie gras legislation, and we encourage people to consider a vegan lifestyle. So we uh, you know, work to stop factory farming abuse both at the production level and in the, in, at the legal level, and we also encourage consumers to make more compassionate, humane, vegan choices. Uh, this is Derek Goodwin, correspondent for Vegan Radio News, and we're here at Farm Sanctuary with Susie Costin, the animal caretaker at Farm Sanctuary, the backbone of Farm Sanctuary, as I like to call her. And uh, <laughs> and Susie, so what what is your uh, official uh, role here at Farm Sanctuary? I am the shelter director, and I have a staff here of sixteen. And just make sure everybody gets fed, watered, medicated, buildings are built, everything's working. Is that the staff or the animals? Both. Both. <laughs> and the staff are animals. Yes. And they so feed the, themselves. The human species. Yes. <laughs> self-feeding, self-medicating. Yes, they're allowed to do that. So coming up, we have uh, Thanksgiving, which we at Vegan Radio, we call it Turkey Gooden. Could you tell us about turkeys? Um, turkeys are great. They're really, really friendly. Uh, people don't. People are, I think, a little intimidated, especially by the toms, uh, but the toms actually can be super friendly, too. It's just how they're raised and how you interact with them. Um, turkeys that arrive here are usually de-toed and de-beaked because that's what they do in industry. They, because they're crammed into very large warehouses in order to keep them from fighting, which is a typical behavior when you put any creature smashed together for months at a time, they're going to fight. Um, so they cut off their beaks and their toes, um, which actually cuts through the bone. It's really a hideous process. There's no anesthesia. It's done with a, a tool that cauterizes so they don't bleed to death, but obviously sometimes they do. Um, so it's not like cutting our fingernails? It's no, it's actually like, it'd be more like cutting off your nose or cutting off the first knuckle of your hand. So, yeah, it's a hot iron that actually cauterizes. And again, done without anesthesia. They are bred to get extremely large, just like most, a lot of the other animals, like the pigs, other factory animals, but bred to be extremely large extremely quickly. So their legs, unfortunately, were not changed in the process and their legs can't handle all the weight. Their organs can't handle all the new pressure from being so heavy. So many of them die from organ failure, but most of them die from or have to be euthanized because of skeletal problems as they get older. Um, they're very prone to bumblefoot, which is an infection in the feet, and it's basically caused by so much pressure on their feet. Um, it's usually 10 times worse with the ones that come in detoed. We have had turkeys. We just took in a group um, of turkeys from um, an Internet sales thing. Like this guy thought he would make a lot of money selling turkeys on the Internet. Uh, he couldn't sell them, so he's just going to let them starve to death. A uh, group in Binghamton, New York, actually talked him into giving the turkeys to them. We brought the turkeys here. They're not genetically altered. Turkeys are very tall. They fly up in the trees. They're very skinny. They run, and they have full beaks and full toes. So the difference is just incredible between the factory birds and the non-factory birds. Like, these birds are very, very agile, and they go everywhere. They seem a little more trusting of humans than the... We also had them since they were babies. Oh, I yeah. see. Yeah. yeah, they're they're much more trusting of humans, but th their whole behavior, um, everything about them is more like a wild turkey 
than it is like the factory turkeys. Um, to see turkeys just perching way up high in the trees at night. So we have to go actually go get them because it's not safe for them. So we have to go up in the trees and get them down. But uh, they're, they're amazing and they're happy and they run. And it's so different than the, the factory turkeys within like three months and four months, they can't run anymore. They're too big. Vegan Radio, we're here with Trisha Ritterbush from Farm Sanctuary. Hi. Hello. Um, it's great to have you on our show. What's your normal uh, position here at Farm Sanctuary? I'm the communications director. Farm Sanctuary focuses on rescue education and advocacy. So um, there are three main pillars of activity that are that are going on consecutively at any given time. So I do a lot of the outreach to media um, and the public about those events that we have here as well. Yeah, we've been encouraging a new tradition for Thanksgiving, um, a compassionate tradition. And this is going to be our 20th year um, holding our Adopt-A-Turkey project. And a part of that, our Adopt-A-Turkey project, is the celebration for the turkey. It's a vegan potluck, so everybody brings a dish for eight people, and, um, and we swap recipes. It's always one week before Thanksgiving, so that people will have recipe ideas for when they celebrate Thanksgiving with their families um, the following week. And uh, after that uh, we normally have a speaker every year and this year Susie Costner, our shelter director, is going to be our speaker in uh, New York. Uh, but the highlight is the feeding of the, the turkeys. It's a little ceremony that we have where we actually uh, provide a feast for the turkeys that reside here at Farm Sanctuary. Um, and that usually constitutes uh, cranberries and squash and lettuce and pumpkin pie. And so people get to feed all of the turkeys and see them feast on their own Thanksgiving meal. Turkeys are fascinating. They, they actually, a, a turkey is what, what made me go vegan. Oh, really? Well, that's a story yeah. you can tell us. <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, came out to visit Farm Sanctuary and uh, was visiting a friend who, who has worked here for many years. And we're childhood friends. And she uh, invited me to come out. And I didn't know much about Farm Sanctuary. I, I was not even vegetarian at the time. And I uh, came out here and um, met the animals, and I had one instance um, moment with the turkey. And there's a little spot underneath um, their on underneath their massive chest where you can actually give them a belly rub, and um, they practically melt into your hand. <laughs> and uh, much like any dog I've ever ever known, when you give them a belly rub and they just love it, that's that's how turkeys react as well. And, um, and so I had this experience, and when I put my hand on this turkey's chest, I felt the turkey that I prepared for Thanksgiving um, the year prior. And um, that was a moment that I'll, I'll never forget, and from that moment forward, I never, never ate an animal product again. This is Derek Edwin. We're live at the Farm Sanctuary Thanksgiving special, and we have uh, Marie here in the food line. Marie, what, what do you got on your plate today? Oh, Brussels sprouts, tofurkey, and some yams, and a salad, and pasta too. It looks very good. I always wondered what vegans ate, and, and it looks like you have a wide variety here. And, uh, and it seems like you're skipping ahead to the dessert section. Is that true? It looks like it. <laughs> you like desserts? I love desserts, but I, I think I have to eat this first, and then I'll come back. Hopefully there's some left, so. Excellent. And you're from Massachusetts? Yep. Amherst, Massachusetts. Can you give a shout out to our listeners? Hello out there in Massachusetts, and um, I hope you're eating as good as I am. All right, thank you very much. We're here with um, Samantha Ragsdale from Farm Sanctuary. Samantha, what's your part in the event today? 
I am here to uh, just meet with some of our guests and talk to people about turkeys and a compassionate Thanksgiving and helping out taking some photos. Could you tell us about this event? This is a celebration for the turkeys. One day out of the year when the focus, the tables are turned and the focus is on the turkeys. It's a day for them to enjoy a feast of all their favorite treats, pumpkins, squash, all their favorite foods. And we've got about 300 people gathered here today to enjoy a vegan feast and, and celebrate veganism and, and a compassionate holiday. And uh, the event is sold out, I heard. Is, were there people waiting out in, in, uh, in the cold this morning to see if they yes. could get in? Or? Not exactly, but we did have a waiting list of over 100 people, actually. It was um, our biggest year yet. The event has really grown over the years as people have learned about it. People drive from miles away to come and, and be with other vegans on this holiday. It's, it's kind of a hard holiday for a lot of vegans to see you know, some of their family celebrations, a, a, a dead bird on the center of the table. So it's, it's nice for people to have you know, a community of like-minded people to share the holiday with. It looks like there's quite a bit of food here. People always ask what vegans eat. I don't think there's any two dishes that look quite the same. What, do you have any favorites here? <laughs> well, since I've been busy taking photographs, I haven't gotten to try the food yet, but it does look absolutely gorgeous. There's uh, a huge variety of foods, and like you said, you know, there's, there's no shortage of uh, good vegan food and variety. So I think everyone's going to be very pleased with their Thanksgiving dinner plates today. This is Megan Shackelford, representing Vegan Radio at the Farm Sanctuary Alternative Thanksgiving in Watkins Glen. And I am here with Karen and Christy. Hey, Karen and Christy. How are you doing? Good. Good. <laughs> what do you think about this event so far? I think it's an awesome place for people that are like-minded to get together and eat a great meal with no animal products and just enjoy each other's company. I agree. It's a family tradition for us, so I think this is our fourth or fifth year being here. Oh, so um, were you coming before when it was a smaller crowd? Yeah, I think this is our fourth year, so there's definitely more people here each year that we come. And what's your favorite thing, what's your favorite food, or what's your favorite thing that goes on here? Um, just the sheer abundance of vegan food is really exciting. <laughs> I like the fact that you don't have to ask what's in this or worry if it's vegan. And also just being around everybody that's vegan is really refreshing and nice. It's really exciting. Um, I noticed that you had some kids with you. You guys have families. Do you want to talk a little bit about, I assume that you're vegan. Um, you want to talk about um, maybe raising vegan children or having a vegan family? I have a daughter with my partner. Her name's Willa Jo Sparrow. And we're vegan and she's definitely vegan and that's one thing I'm going to force on her, <laughs> is maintaining that, yes. Um, I also have a, a kid uh, about the same age as Willa. They're friends. His name is Bert. He's 19 months old, and he's been vegan since conception. Um, his father and I are both vegan, and we're planning to raise him that way, you know, as long as uh, we have most say over what he's eating. So, you know, hopefully he'll grow up and carry that into adulthood. And have, what have you... What um trials and tribulations have you come up against raising a vegan child? Um, there's been a lot of support within the community that we live in. Sometimes things are a little bit crazy with the family, our relatives. They're, my relatives aren't vegan, Christie's relatives are, but um, mine aren't. So it's a little bit hard sometimes with that, but where we live near Ithaca, it's a great community. It's, it's just accepting of a vegan life, lifestyle and um, 
so we haven't run into any problems where we live, but it's just the family issue. And Christy? Um, we really, I, you know, I can't think of too many problems. My immediate family's vegan, my siblings are vegan, and my parents are vegan, so we certainly haven't met any resistance. Um, and were you, you were raised vegan then as a child? I was not raised vegan. Um, I, I'm the eldest of three siblings. Um, I went vegan, they went vegan, and then we basically all ganged up on my parents <laughs> until they relented and saw the light, which happened a few years ago, and very quickly they went from being meat eaters to complete vegans, so... Let me just interrupt you for a second. That is such an unlikely story, I have to tell you, in the vegan community. I definitely got my siblings to go vegetarian, and now their families are vegetarian. Um, but to get the whole immediate family with the parents to go vegan is a great feat. And so what, what were the tactics you used, or were you just living your lifestyle? Mostly, I think, just, you know, live, I mean, they, they always honored our choices, so they knew how to cook vegan, and they would cook vegan for us. And... You know, I think it's just a matter of, um, like, I think many people follow the path of denial, 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 you know, and just it's easier to live, you know, the way everyone else does. And then one day you just, for whatever reason, your eyes are opened. And I think that's what happened with my parents. I mean, you know, I think, you know, one day it just clicked for them. Like, gosh, you know, this is something all three of our children feel strongly about. And, you know, all of a sudden they kind of went, oh, my God, you know, what's going on here? And they're... You know, my mom's about as hardcore, you know, vegan as you can get now, so. <laughs> that is amazing. What about extended family? Extended family in terms of my grandparents, you know, they just kind of think we're, you know, freaks or whatever. <laughs> they put up. Vegan freaks. Yeah, vegan. <laughs> you know, they just kind of like, oh, whatever, that's what they do. You know, there, there's not a lot of uh, active opposition or whatever, you know. And in terms of my little family, you know, my husband's parents probably also think we're weirdos but they don't really have the nerve to say anything about it so um what would you to say karen and christy to people um that would say it's wrong to try and force veganism on your children what would you how would you respond to that i don't know how it could be wrong to force a lifestyle that is so beautiful so calm so peaceful so compassionate I don't know how that could be wrong to force. Um, I would counter that it would be wrong to force meat eating upon a child, uh, which is what, you know, the majority of Americans are doing. But, you know, I think all children are raised according to different cultural, you know, standards, different diets. You know, most kids grow up thinking that their lifestyle is perfectly normal. If you grow up eating meat, you think that's normal. If you grow up vegan, you think that's normal. And I would just, you know, anyone who thinks that it's a problem to be vegan or you know, for your kids to be vegan, I would just encourage them to get educated and, you know, at least read a little bit about, you know, what you're talking about before you make judgments. Hey, are there any books that you guys would recommend um, for raising vegan families? Um, I have a relatively comprehensive <laughs> library. Um, there's, a, there's a wonderful book called uh, Raising Vegan Children in a Non-Vegan World, which deals more with, like, the social aspects of raising vegan kids than the nutritional aspects, you know, how to deal with your in-laws and teachers and stuff like that. There's a, there's a book called Raising Vegetarian Children that I think is co-authored by, what's her name, Joanne Stepaniak, who, did, you know, has done a million vegan cookbooks. Um, it's about an inch and a half thick. It covers everything from pregnancy, breastfeeding, you know, whatever, diets, recipes, blah, blah, blah. So in terms of, like, if people are wondering, well, gosh, what do I feed my kid or whatever, I think that's a really good, you know, resource for that. Well, I want to thank both of you very much. Is there anything you want to say to Vegan Radio? Go vegan.
All right. Yeah, I'll second that. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is Megan Shekelford reporting for Vegan Radio in Watkins Glen. Um, I have a guest with me. Her name is Issa Merson. And Issa, where are you from? Ithaca, New York. Ithaca, New York. Um, what do you think so far of the alternative Thanksgiving here at Farm Sanctuary? Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see so many people who have, are of a like mindset and so many people dedicated to a cruelty-free lifestyle. Is this a uh, first time for you? Have you been to the event before? Well, we were here last year. We had an awesome time. We knew we had to come back. Are you vegan or is your family vegan or vegetarian? We're all vegan. You're all vegan. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about raising a vegan family and when you became vegan and how that, how that was for you? Well, about 14 years ago, my husband and I decided to become vegetarian. And about a year and a half later, we realized we couldn't reconcile eating vegetarian but eating eggs and meat and things, uh, eggs and milk and things like that. So we became vegan. And um, I had a totally vegan pregnancy, and my daughter is vegan. She's three and a half, very healthy. Very energetic. <laughs> She's very angelic, I can attest for our listeners. <laughs> and energetic as well. <laughs> Both ends of the spectrum. And um, there have been challenges, but as long as you're educated, as long as you know about what your family needs and you eat a balanced diet, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. It's, I've never felt so good, frankly. How have interactions been with your family, your parents or siblings or anybody like that? Well, that's certainly been a challenge as well, but they've come to understand that this is just how we're happy and we accept each other's differences and and um, my father bought veggie burgers and put them in the freezer so <laughs> that's great yeah it was really really wonderful that you know I realized that he had finally accepted it and and was good with it you know and he's eaten my vegan food <laughs> my, my cooking and he likes it and he does yes and in fact uh, my in-laws have started to eat more vegetarian food as well since we became vegan so no no um, vegetarian converts, but they're definitely trying new things. Yes, absolutely. And uh, well on their way. I think my in-laws are very, very close. It's wonderful. That's great. Um, does anybody down there want to say anything about veganism? Can you tell me your favorite vegan food? Green beans. Green beans. Green, be green beans. That's a great one. Wow. Are there any vegetarian resources, books, magazines, anything that you read, um, any kind of media that's really helpful if somebody, if one of our listeners is interested in having a vegan family converting to veganism? I think VRG, the Vegetarian Resource Group, is a wonderful resource. Um, they have things online and they have books and, and things like that that really give you a good idea of, of um, of nutrition, they talk about nutrition. They talk about uh, they have recipes in their in their magazines and um, some wonderful resources about you know cooking for vegan children and things that they might eat when they're you know a little bit choosy about what they eat. We don't have that tr tr trouble with my daughter though; she eats everything. <laughs> now that's unusual. <laughs> yeah, but she she really does. I mean, there's very few things that she doesn't like. And uh, I was I was awed because I've seen my friends' children who aren't vegetarian and they will eat two things. And my daughter will eat any veggie, any fruit, any grain, and she loves it all. And for all our listeners out there who are worried about raising vegan children, um, do you want to attest to the fact that she's in great health and hasn't had any health problems? She's never been on antibiotics. She's never needed them. She's had some colds. You know, she catches the colds that everybody gets. So she's a very strong immune system. She loves to run and jump and play. It's entirely possible to raise healthy vegan children uh, who are completely well-adjusted without 
major hassle. It's just education and really nothing else. Okay, this is Derek Edwin. I'm here at the Farm Sanctuary Turkey Celebration with Andy Fitzgibbon. Andy, where are you from? Uh, from Ithaca, New York. Ithaca, New York, and you teach philosophy? Yeah, I teach philosophy at SUNY Cortland. Uh, I teach animal rights as part of my course. Part of your course, and do you ever bring your students out to Farm Sanctuary? Uh, I've not yet. I'm thinking about doing some kind of um, uh, extra credit, and they can come out and visit the animals. But I do use uh, videos like Meet Your Meat from Peter, stuff like that. Yeah. Do you find any of your students uh, change to become vegetarian? Yeah, I do actually. I, uh, I showed Meet Your Meat yesterday to 70 students and probably the 70, at least six will become vegetarian. That's the same every semester. That's great. And how, <clears throat> how did you become interested in animal rights? Well, uh, through philosophy. Um, I found that teaching about ethics and animals, you could not be anything but vegetarian, vegan. Do you, um, I know there's a little bit of a difference between the philosophy of uh, Tom Reagan and Peter Singer. Uh, do you lean one way or the other? Well, I like uh, Singer's idea of speciesism, um, and I use that a lot in class. Um, and I, I do think it's akin to racism and sexism, yeah. Um, Tom Reagan's uh, perspective, how does that differ from Peter Singer's? Well, as far as I know, Reagan isn't a utilitarian in the same way. Um, Singer is extraordinarily controversial, um, and uh, some of his other ideas um, I think are quite problematic. Um, he sees everything related to sentience and the experience of pain, um, and so for um, even human beings that can't experience pain, Peter Singer would be all for killing them. <laughs> and uh, that's a bit too far, I'm a pacifist, you know, I, I can't go along with Singer on those kind of things. Have you been published, or is there any of your um, philosophy that's out there that our listeners could get a hold of? Uh, yeah, I'm published, but not in animal rights, in, in general ethics. Uh, but uh, I hope to have a book out next year called uh, The Tao of Love, The Praxis of Compassion, which will deal in part with uh, animal rights and environmentalism. That sounds great. And how do, how do you feel about this event? Oh, it's a great event. It's fantastic being here. It's great being online and... Uh, not thinking you're going to have any kind of meat products and uh, superb yeah great yeah it's quite a selection did you have any favorites in the potluck part uh i couldn't say i had favorites i just pound my plate with all kinds of stuff <laughs> it was great yeah well thank you very much it was great to talk to you okay my pleasure hey this is derek goodwin here at the farm sanctuary turkey celebration and we're here with mike copeland mike where are you from i'm from guelph ontario in canada Canada and did you drive down or I sure did <laughs> wow how far is that took about five hours about 450 kilometers to get down here kilometers wow so, yeah 300 <laughs> miles I guess to do the conversion <laughs> so it took five hours about that yeah took a few wrong turns but we found it eventually <laughs> cool and um, how have you liked the event so far I love the food I gotta say that <laughs> and that's all. I'm looking forward to the speakers. I think it's going to be great. And really looking forward to seeing the farm. It's going to be an awesome experience, I think. It's your first time at the farm? Yeah. What was your favorite food? Mm, uh, the chocolate brownie was pretty darn good, I'd say. Chocolate brownie? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like vegans always like the sweets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Have you ever met uh, farm animals before? Uh, a friend of mine has a very small farm. They're not kept as farm animals, more as just pets. And he's got a cow, a horse, a pig, and some chickens. A lot of them are rescue animals. So they're animals you typically see at, like a, at a factory farm, basically. And it's, I think it's really important for people to see those kinds of animals because unless you spend time and interact with those kind of animals, just like you would a dog or a cat, you don't really... You can't really understand how complicated and intelligent creatures like that are. So I think it's, and it really starts to change your perspective of what you decide to eat following an experience like that. So I'd highly recommend anybody to, you know, spend five or ten minutes with typical farm animal because I think they'll learn a lot of things that they normally would not have known about that animal unless they experience it. Experience is the best method of teaching, I think, and that's what people should do. Could you guys tell us your names and where you're from? I'm Desiree. I'm from Ithaca. I'm Sierra and I'm from Ithaca. Um, how old are you guys? I'm 17. I'm going to be 18 in April. I'm 17 also. Any, uh, how did you become vegetarian or vegan? Um, I lived with hunters for a couple of months and I did not like it at all because they ate meat like every single night and I couldn't do it. So I ended up feeding my meat to the cats. and But also PETA, um, when the runway models were representing PETA, I got into that that way against the fur and everything because it's not right to kill animals for fur or to eat them, but yeah, that's how I did it. <laughs> so the, the runway models actually have converted some people. That's good to know. How about you, Sierra? Well, I wasn't a vegetarian when I was younger, but then one of my friends had a um, PETA publication and I actually just came across it by accident and I looked at it and I was just amazed because like, I had no idea all that stuff happened. And I was shocked. I just couldn't stand myself to eat meat when it comes from things like that. It just made me feel awful about myself, and I couldn't go on, you know, doing that. So two two PETA conversions. All right. Shout out to PETA. This is Megan Shackelford reporting for Vegan Radio live in the Farm Sanctuary Turkey Barn. And with us today we have Nicole Matthews from Rochester, New York. Rochester, New York, my hometown. Lovely place. Um, what's your experience so far with the turkeys? Well, uh, this is actually my first encounter with so many of these lovely birds, and they seem to be very curious. It's very interesting to see all the males walk around all puffed up, but they all seem to be pretty happy and anticipating their big feast. Is this your first time around farm animals, or just so many farm animals? My first time around turkeys, uh, when I was growing up, we had cows, pigs, and chickens that we raised for food, and as I grew older and started to make my own choices, I turned to a life of compassion, and now I've been visiting Farm Sanctuary uh, a few times in the past year, so it's been great to get to know these animals as individuals. And do the turkeys seem friendly to you? They definitely seem very friendly, um, very, very curious. They keep coming up and staring at my buttons on my coat. <laughs> better, better watch out. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to lose a button. <laughs> what else do you want to say to Vegan Radio about Farm Sanctuary? Well, Farm Sanctuary is a wonderful place to visit, to stay at their bed and breakfast over the summer. I stayed with my partner, Adam, and our dog, McKay, and it was a lovely experience. And just come out and support their organization. They do wonderful, wonderful things for farmed animals and uh, wonderful outreach to help educate the public about what is the reality in factory farms. Cole, I was wondering how you became vegan. 
Well, I was working for a veterinarian in my hometown and volunteering for the local Humane Society, and I had the opportunity to go to a Compassionate Living Festival put on by Tom Reagan's group, um, the Society for Culture and Animals, I believe it is. So I went down there to learn more about spay-neuter and how I could get my community more um, involved in that. And there was a lot of information presented about factory farming, a lot of things I'd never really thought about before. And before I went to that conference, I was eating meat and everything else and not even thinking about it. But once I was presented with the information, I knew that I had considered myself an animal lover for my entire life, and I never really knew what these animals were going through. And it hit me really hard, and I just made the overnight change from uh, carnivore to vegan, and it's really changed my life in a lot of positive ways. I'm very, very thankful for that experience. You're listening to Vegan Radio, www.veganradio.com. Go vegan! This is Megan Shackelford reporting live in the Farm Sanctuary Barn in Watkins Glen, New York. And I am here with Kyle Vincent. Kyle, you want to say hello? Hi there, Megan. How are you? Doing pretty good. We have matching hats. Now remember to speak into the microphone, Kyle. We have matching hats. How's that? (laughs) Very good, very good. Um, you seem to be connecting pretty well with the turkeys. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I feel good. I think, uh, good Lord willing, I think, we'll, oh wait, this is the wrong interview. I thought we were doing a baseball interview. Um, I'm loving the turkeys. How can you not love them? You just have to sit here and spend some time with them. You'll never eat one again. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you became vegan? I became vegan for many reasons. Um, animal issue when I was a kid, of course. I grew up just feeling really close to uh, animals and not wanting to harm them from being a little kid. But, of course, you don't have control over what you're eating when you're a little kid, right? Because it's your parents who control that. And uh, then I had uh, some family members who had health problems, and so I studied nutrition. And so that kind of started it, actually, health health reasons. And I studied nutrition for a long time and uh, learned more about the environment and animal rights and things, and it just kind of all came together. And it's the only, only choice that really made sense. I didn't see any, al- any alternative except to become a vegan. And, and uh, it's the best thing we can do as individuals and, the, and really the simplest, most direct thing we can all do if we care about the environment. And how has your health been since becoming vegan? Just horrible. I just have every disease <laughs> in the world. I have mad everything disease. Um, mad person disease. No. Uh, it's I, Actually, you know, honestly, I, I'm not just saying this. I know you are probably the same. We, like, never get... I never get sick. It's very rare that I get a cold. Um, you know. I'm the same way. Yeah. That's what I, I've understand. I've heard that, that you don't get sick. Uh, it's all over town. Megan never gets sick. Um, no, I really rarely get colds. If I do get a cold, it's really short-lived or short-lived. And, um, and you just feel great. You know the best thing is that, we were talking about this the other day, I think, is that you really celebrate every meal. You really, you notice this one thing about vegetarians or vegans is that they really... Food is very important to them because it becomes such an important part of your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you really celebrate the food and you appreciate it. Your taste buds come alive. You crave things like broccoli, which I never thought about before, you know. You really appreciate the simple foods. You don't need all this sauce and spicing, you know. I hear you. So what animal are you the most excited about seeing today? Uh, Jerry Cook. Pretty (laughs) Good answer. <laughs> He's the craziest animal I know. Yeah, I'm going to adopt him. <laughs> um, uh, 
you know, I, I can't possibly. That's like, you, you can't possibly answer that. They're all so beautiful. They just all are. I just saw a goat with one, one leg that wasn't working, and you just want to go up and give them a nice long hug. They're all beautiful from the, these huge cows. They're like, you know, seven feet tall and just the most gentle, gentle little creatures that are, um, you know, they're strong like bull, but they're eating grass. They don't have to eat big, thick steaks to be strong, do they? No, they don't. I'd love to get that across to our listeners. That's right. I know. I always found that funny. When, or, well, funny isn't really the word, not ha-ha funny. But when people say, you know, you need your protein, where do you get your protein from? Well, look at this cow. It's got to be the strongest animal out here, and it's eating hay. You know, that's all it's eating. So I'm going to start eating hay. This is Derek Goodwin. I'm here at Farm Sanctuary in the Turkey Barn with Michael and Ingrid Healy. Uh, How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. We're having a great time here. Yeah, did you get to feed any of the turkeys? We're just watching them enjoy their day here today. Um, are you guys vegan? Yes, we are. We certainly are. And uh, have, do you come out to the farm a lot? Do yeah, as often as we can. Probably about three or four times a year. Wow, that's great. So you're familiar with a lot of the animals, or what? Do you have any favorite animals you like to visit every time you're here? I like Travolta the cow and all the chickens and roosters. I like them all. Right. How about Simon the goat? Yeah, Simon's uh, awesome. Yeah, we love him. Very entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the turkeys sound very happy in the background. Yeah. I know I know you can't say what your favorite animals are because you don't want to uh, yeah. hurt anyone else's feelings, but but you can talk about your favorite food. What was your favorite food today? Oh, my gosh, that's so hard to choose. I would say some of the desserts were really outstanding. And... Um, was it the Sweet Mama Cupcake? That was at the top of the list? It was definitely one of those. I confiscated one in my car, <laughs> waiting to be eaten later on. <laughs> well, we won't tell anyone, except for all our listeners. <laughs> uh, how, about, how about you, Michael? I enjoyed uh, all, the, all the raw food dishes. There was a lot of uh, live food, salads, and just yummy, yummy vegetables and fruit. So you're the, you're the healthier one in the relationship, I think. Uh, yeah, I guess I am. Um, anything you'd like to say to our listeners about veganism or the farm or anything? You just can't go wrong with being vegan. It, it's, it's compassionate and it's loving and very peaceful to, to do it. This is Megan Shackelford reporting live in the Turkey Barn at Farm Sanctuary in Watkins Glen. And today we have with us Claudia... And where are you from, Claudia? I'm from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Wow, you traveled all the way to Watkins Glen, New York today. Uh, Yes, I did. I drove in a car with uh, four other friends. (laughs) Is this your first time at Farm Sanctuary? Uh, Yes, it is. I'm real excited to be here because after I watched Peaceable Kingdom, um, I became a vegan. And uh, it's just been a place I've really wanted to come visit. So I'm real excited to be here today. And how long ago was that? Uh, I was... uh, Last September, so just over a year ago. Wow, so just vegan for a year, and how has that been for you? Um, every day when I eat a meal, I'm, I'm so happy about what I eat, and I just, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I feel like a happier person, and I, I'm real glad about it. That's great. Right now, um, Claudia is feeding one of the turkeys a delicious-looking apple. Actually, many tur- turkeys are eating from it and spraying apple juice everywhere. How is it to feed the turkeys instead of eating them this Thanksgiving? Uh, 
it's it's I don't so speechless. I don't even know what to say. I think it's fantastic. I can't believe it. I've never met a turkey before, and uh, meeting them is different than eating them. And it's a better feeling, I think. It's a better way to enjoy a turkey. I've been talking today, um, it seems like, with a lot of vegans who have just become vegan in the past year. How has being vegan affected your life, your health, your um, ideology about things? Uh, it's totally affected my ideology on life. Like I was, I, I, it's made me see that I've been educated into a form, a way of life, and it just made me realize how many other aspects of my life I'd just been educated into since I was born, and that I didn't have to accept them. I didn't have to live that way if I didn't want to. So maybe even brainwashed, you might want to use. Uh, I, absolutely, I, I feel like the whole world is under hypnosis, and when I see the way people like to eat cheese, that's like. It's like an, everybody's addicted to it. It's like it's freaky. You know? It's like the Matrix, isn't it? It's like it's kind of like when you become vegan. It's kind of like when you become vegan. It's like we've taken the pill, but nobody else has. And it's it's just it's exasperating. You know, you're just like can't like take the pill, take the pill, so you can see what I'm seeing. Here you go, Leo. I definitely feel that way. That's, I guess that becomes an, an alienating factor out of it because then it's hard. It's you want to show you want to show other people. You want to be able to be like, look, I've seen this. Do you see it too? And they don't. And it's a, it sort of makes relationships difficult and stuff. But is that how is that with um, your family and also with close close friends being vegan and and how are your inter, you know what are your interactions like with them? Um, I find that with uh, I grew up from a real Italian family and meets a part of our like you know culture and tradition and cooking um so it they don't understand it at all and they think i'm real weird but um i guess my friends are most of the time it's sort of weird but they're impressed like a lot of people are impressed and i always find that a real a weird quality because i'm not trying to impress anybody and uh, a lot of the times i just find that people get defensive and and it just seems like they're they're guilty about something so they get defensive people like to point out how i used to love meat how i used to eat meat and so i'm I find that unless I have friends that share the exact same feelings that I have, then it, that's always a, a point of tension be, between it, between friends. And um, just one last question. What would you like to tell our listeners who aren't vegetarian or vegan? What would you like to tell them about veganism? Um, you know, it's trials and tribulations or the joys of it or how easy it was or how hard it was. The Matrix is all around you, Leo. It is the story we tell ourselves about where meat and animal products come from. I, I'm always shocked at whenever I hear somebody who eats meat approach me. Like, the one thing they like to say a lot is, like, I, you know, I just, I love it too much. I just couldn't live without it. Like, particularly cheese or, or milk, like dairy products, I find that. A lot, che- cheese is definitely, everybody's addicted to cheese. It's the drug. And uh, I just, I always hear that. And I used to, used to wake up in the morning, go to a butcher shop, buy like meats cook with everything eggs cheese make the biggest breakfast so i was like a huge i had a meat tenderizer i was a totally different person than i am the person that's squatting in front of you today and uh squatting with the turkeys for vegan radio <laughs> that's absolutely right and feeding them apples i was a different person and i i think it is possible you just have to just let yourself become aware 
and uh, I I feel like a good person. I'm a lot happier, and I want to share this with other people. And even my diet, I can't get over how healthy my diet is. So you feel pretty healthy. Ah, absolutely. That is the Matrix, Leo. The lie we tell ourselves about where our food comes from. This is Derek Goodwin, Vegan Radio. We're here interviewing the turkeys who have just had a great feast. How are you doing today, Mr. Turkey? Oh, he actually talked to me. <laughs> How about you, sir? Did you enjoy your meal today? Oh, they love it. They love it. How about you, sir? The following portion of this interview has been translated by our special turkey translator, Matt Kozik. He's going to help us understand exactly what the turkey had to say. Well, number one, the name is Wiley, not Mr. Turkey. And number two, I'm a little nervous, so don't ruffle my feathers, ask me all these questions. It's my first interview. And number three, the cranberries are a little tart. And some of these vegans are close talkers. I mean, they get all in close, you know? They, they mess with your private space. I appreciate the gesture, though. Well, and the fourth thing I'd like to say is thanks for not eating, Mimi. I could be on a platter right now, getting sliced and diced, but no. Through the generosity of some kind vegans, I'm here, 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 in Farm Sanctuary. All right. Well, that was an amazing interview with Wiley. And um, also, we would like to give a shout out to Matt Kozik for translating the turkey talk for us. Um, Matt has a PhD in turkey translation. And also, Matt happens to be one of the few humans that actually has a giblet. So that really helps him understand turkeys in a deeper level. Um, Shout out to Kozik. Okay. Thanks for listening. That's it for our Farm Sanctuary Thanksgiving special. We hope you enjoyed it. I'm Derek Goodwin. I'm Megan Shackleford. And we'll be back next time with some more stuff about something in the vegan movement. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back on December 7th with a mystery show. That's right, listeners. We're not quite sure what the show is going to be about, but don't you worry. It's going to be exciting. Because it's December. (laughs) And that means... That it's going to be good. (laughs) What does December mean, Derek? It's cold as hell out here, and we're going to have to stay inside and record some crazy shenanigans. You know what it means? It means it's cold, and you're not going to have anything better to do except listen at 8 o'clock in the morning on December 7th. So tune in. been listening to vegan radio at valley free radio on wxojlp northampton 103.3 fm or perhaps you've been listening to our podcast at veganradio.com either way you're very special vegan radio vegan radio, vegan radio. Vegan radio. goodbye